Gotta admit, it's a great podcast name. Wikipedia. Explaining the world in a really weird way. Wikipedia. Welcome to Wikipedia, where in this episode I'll be using football as a way of explaining complex historical forces that influence human behaviour. I was going to throw the word socio-economic in there as well, but I'm not 100% sure what it really means. However, before we get to the football, in order to understand the anger and frustration that is clearly present right across the political divide uh, here today in the UK, we must first consider the differences between left and right ideology. So, here is a very basic primary school-esque summary that you would find on a shit PowerPoint written in Comic Sans. But I'll be honest with you, I quite enjoy them. The left. The left wants to balance the scales of social justice by breaking from the past, admitting its wrongs, throwing statues into canals, things like that. They generally support internationalism, progressive politics climate change initiatives, equality, and some of them have got stinky dreadlocks and tattoos of Che Guevara. The right. The right are wanting to keep closer ties with our traditions and preserve the current social hierarchy. They are nationalistic by nature and have a strong sense of duty, but they don't like being told what to do by larger political unions such as the EU. Some of them have got skinheads and tattoos they did to themselves. Now, rather despairingly, you might have noticed that whilst engaging in political discourse, some people consider rational thought and objective analysis quite repulsive, and instead they choose to support their chosen ideology as if it was a football team, through thick and thin. This happens on both sides. Uh, So let's just hold on to that thought, because... I've actually made that happen, as weird as it sounds. So let's consider some of the core values and some of the frictions as well that occur between the left and the right, as if they were actual football teams. Okay, so let's start with the right. They are managed by Sam Allardyce and Neil Warnock. However, Harry Redknapp is hopeful he'll be appointed at some stage. They play a rigid 4-4-2. The football isn't pretty, but they've had results and it can be effective. However, the centre midfielder and club captain has been struggling quite a lot in recent years. He's looking a bit slower and he's had a lot of injuries of late. His name is Capitalism. Worked his way into the right-wing squad around the 1830s and all the play goes through him. But now performances aren't as good. Despite this, he still provides a valuable role in supplying the right's best goalscorer and most expensive player, economic recession. And he still provides a pretty effective screen for his two centre-backs, tax havens and corporate interests. Their goalkeeper, harking back to a bygone era, is a bit slow on his feet because he's coached by an ageing Peter Shilton, but he is a good shot-stopper. The right have a very competitive midfield trio who are incredibly difficult to play against. They include white privilege, nationalism and fake news, who started his career actually in 1930s Germany and is uh, currently on loan from the uh, US. He has lightning pace on the uh, counter-attack. Incredible. The fullbacks include low taxation and Tony Blair. They rarely venture forward and... Playing up alongside economic recession is their target man. So what? 
fuck them. Now, he's some very lucrative sponsorship deals, actually, with The Sun and The Daily Mail, who in turn do a fantastic job of subverting democracy. On the bench is island mentality, and of course, we've had to make some tough decisions in order to protect the economy. Who can play in any defensive role? Now, so now, on to the left. They are managed by Danny and Nikki Cowley, who also work for Huddersfield Town. They employ a more progressive 4-1-4-1 system, which is also a situational 3-3-1-3. And there's no doubt that system is superior, but unfortunately, the management aren't really up to it, and some of the players are shit. Having said that, they do have some incredible talent. The first is Climate Change, who many are tipping to become the greatest player ever known. Uh, the right don't seem to have any answers to the problems he poses. In fact, many on the right are denying that he even exists, probably some kind of psychological ploy there. Uh, despite the fact he's got a birth certificate uh, and he regularly appears on TV, other fans on the right uh, admit that he exists, but they are saying he's overrated. But his stats are really, really impressive. And the holes that have been left by capitalism's recent poor performances are actually enabling climate change to cause havoc like all over the pitch. Uh, playing alongside climate change as part of a, a decent front three for the left in the space, in the channels, is the left star player, Immigration. Uh, he's been banging him in for about 60 years now and the right are fucking sick of him. And his stats are also very impressive. Uh, a massive concern for the right, actually, is that Immigration doesn't look like he can be stopped. So the right are actually trying to get him banned and some think he should be shot which seems pretty fucking harsh. Uh, immigration has also scored a few goals, which otherwise probably wouldn't have stood if VAR was being implemented properly. And, you know, a lot of people argue these illegal goals should be sent back. Others on the right also think his younger brother, multiculturalism, it's easy for me to say, he was a fantastic holding midfielder, should also fuck off back to where he came from but the problem is he came through the academy and he's got a British passport because it turns out he was born here so that's really complicating matters uh, the final part of the jigsaw in a pretty decent like I say front three for the left is social justice who always plays on the shoulder in an attempt to expose the space in behind low taxation however questions are being asked about his pace it looks like he might have lost half a yard in recent years. And playing just behind them and dictating all the play is the left's most deadly finisher, Marcus Rashford. Uh, a young lad whose recent winner sent shockwaves down the spine of the hard right and um, he's looked after by the left's super agent, Gary Lineker. So despite an impressive front four for the left, actually, they are very leaky at the back. Uh, yeah, empathy doesn't make a very good goalkeeper and the centre-back pairing of compassion and equality are not exactly keeping the opposition at bay and they definitely struggle to contain so what fuck them uh, when he's deployed like in the more advanced role uh, despite having like honestly huge amounts of energy doing a lot of running the central midfielder whining woke little fucker is often very wasteful in possession and that's pissed a lot of people off uh, a lot of his teammates as well so there's also the dubious signing of um, unrealistic utopian vision of the future 
And for all his endeavour, the left-winger anti-austerity is absolutely smothered by low taxation on the right. He was actually one of their star defensive players. So the hapless Cowley brothers do have some subs to call upon, but they're rather flawed and fuck it, let's smash some shit up, can often create havoc, but with varying degrees of success. So now that we've kind of explained the team, the tactics and the formations, now we need to examine why so many fans of the beautiful game have become angry. So firstly, there's a lot of resentment from both sides directed towards the referee, who, to be fair, is absolutely wank and literally the worst of humanity. Yes, he's a Millwall fan, but his name is social media. The main problem with using social media as a referee is that he doesn't analyse the play. He just he just listens to the most extreme opinions of, of fans and amplifies their views to the wider public. So this in turn entrenches both sets of supporters and they begin to scream at each other like children instead of actually watching the game. Uh, many on the left think he should be blowing his whistle a lot more and stopping play. They want to see a clean game. Although players like whining little woke fucker do a lot of play acting and they actually try and get the opposition sent off. Whereas many on the right feel the game should flow and bad tackles are simply part of the game, you know, part of a man's game. You don't see players like white privilege moaning, they just get on with it. So back in the day, you know, you, you play with a broken neck. These days it's just full of diving foreigners like immigration. Now we all know football can be very frustrating to watch, particularly when things aren't going well. And the left are angry for a number of reasons. Uh, as previously mentioned, social justice seems to have lost a bit of pace. And many believe, actually, he should be subbed for let's smash some shit up uh, in order to create a little bit more space for Marcus Rashford. It's also very annoying to watch your wimp of a centre-half, Compassion, back out of every fucking challenge and your goalkeeper, Empathy in Tears, attempting to hug everybody. So recently they've been playing quite poorly actually and the Cowley brothers seem unable to offer any decent solutions and they're not very convincing in press conferences, let's be honest. So there's a certain kind of, you know, concern as well, a few rumours that climate change is actually going to retire and if the rumours are true, he's already got a job lined up at FIFA and he's actually going to stop football altogether. Very worrying times. So in terms of the rights anger, despite a few recent victories, um, many people are still angry because there's some pretty depressing trends emerging and the game seems to be changing beyond recognition, really. Like economic depression is a fantastic cheerleader for the right, but he seems to score quite a lot of own goals as well, which is very frustrating. And immigration and multiculturalism pose a constant threat. And even the tactical wizardry of Warnock and Allardyce seems to fall short. Um, they don't like the fact that immigration seems to be the hardest working player on the pitch. He really goes looking for the ball, chasing it down, whereas players like White Privilege just seem to wait for it to come to them. It must be added, actually, this is important to note, that many on the right don't call him White Privilege. They refer to him as, nobody gave me fuck all, I had to work for it. So the vast amount of space afforded to white privilege in the centre of midfield seems to be in the spotlight uh, at the minute and they fear he may be losing his sense of position and he certainly don't want to do any digging for the ball, any of the hard work, any of the fruit picking. They think it was better when we just had one team playing in Europe as well 
that, that it seemed like simpler times and now we've got all this Champions League malarkey that's taken over and that's ruined the magic of the FA Cup nobody voted for the Champions League it was it was supposed to be just one team wasn't it you know and and the right also carry the burden of a deeply subconscious historical shame and humiliation Britain used to be the greatest team ever but look at us now we haven't even won a World Cup since 1945. You know, we want that team back. So now that we've established where a lot of the anger resides on both sides of the divide, we can actually use this wider picture, if you want, to help us understand how it relates to certain facets of human behaviour, like racism. So if you add all these trends together, the right feel like they are under attack, like they're camped in their own half. They just can't get any possession. To make matters worse... Many, many on the right are really pissed off that the kids of immigration are, are actually being offered places on, in the Wrights Academy. And, and, that, uh, and they're also you know, more productive and don't cost as much. And that people are like, hold on, the right don't want immigration playing for them. No, nothing makes sense here. This is confusing. And this has meant that Warnock and Big Sam, like, what they've done is they've really, really good management. Actually. They've developed a siege mentality within the dressing room. And this has become really infectious. It's actually galvanising the entire fan base. And it's even gaining traction amongst the more moderate armchair supporters who never go to the game. Because they sympathise with it on an emotional level. And tactically speaking, siege mentality is a 5-4-1. Sat deep, looking to counter. So what fuck em, drops a little deeper to help out more. and Which actually allows nationalism to play a more cultured role in the, in the centre with fake news pressing hard and economic recession up top on his own, you know, causing huge problems for compassion and equality. They just can't deal with him. And that in turn is forcing multiculturalism to drop into a back three. Uh, and they are playing a dangerously high line. Now, speaking of dangerously high lines, everybody is clear that racism is offside. But now it appears there are different opinions as to what offside really is. Is it the boot? Is it any legal scoring part of the body? Can we really trust those blurry lines on VAR? And rather importantly, how many phases of play should we go back to? Uh, you know, it's really confusing, isn't it? It used to be so much bloody simpler. It did. And then, and to add to the shit show, because we import cultural wars from the so-called United States of America, there is now a growing mistrust in the UK of officials. And this is aided, obviously, by some pretty shit performances from social media as a referee, but this further complicates offside. Can we really trust an experienced linesman or woman who is keeping up with play and has a far better view than we do? Can we really trust a scientifically based VAR system that is accurate beyond any human capacity? A lot of people aren't so sure. And this is allowing them to make pretty personal decisions about offside based purely on an emotional response, uh, regardless of facts and information that conflicts with the narrative they want to believe. And what's interesting about this siege mentality that uh, Warnock and, and Big Sam have managed to install amongst many in the right, uh, including supporters, not just players, is that if you just get a picture of offside, right, all you've got to do, what siege mentality allows you to do 
is always look to be on the counter-attack. Don't worry about the outside world. Stick within your own teams. Always look to counter. Give me a picture offside where an attacker or a defender. If you turn that upside down, it's now the defender that's offside. So what you've got now is the tables have turned. You're not offside. They are. You've got two teams both appealing for offside about the same decision, which is really confusing social media and it becomes increasingly difficult to remember who's got the ball, where the ball even is, who's in possession here. Because you've got two teams both attacking, both defending, both appealing and oh my God, it's confusing. Now, it's obvious that you cannot be offside in your own half. That is one thing we can all cling to. We all know that rule. However, because this is an abstract construct, a lot of people are now saying there is no halfway line. The halfway line doesn't exist in UK football and therefore it's impossible to be offside in the UK. You just can't, it's just not happening. You can't do it. All football in the UK is played within one half. Jumpers with goalposts, Wembley singles, Wembley doubles, whatever you want to believe. So yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it's impossible. There is no offside. It just doesn't happen. Now, this highly inaccurate version of UK football uh, is an emotional response. And it's also backed up by the fact that technically in law, there is no discrimination. There is parity between all races. Uh, the law in the UK does discriminate against women, however, which is why I've not mentioned them much here. But that's what we've got. That's what we've got to. Racism in the UK doesn't exist. A lot of people genuinely believe that, but they don't. They don't fully believe it because what human beings do is they suppress facts and information that counter the narrative that best suits their emotional needs. There is nothing you can do to stop this. Uh, certainly getting angry with people and screaming at them won't work. It will just push them further down the rabbit hole, so to speak. Uh, I appreciate this is a contentious issue. I, I am a white man talking about racism. If that offends you in any way and it's pissed you off, do get in touch and let me know and we can, we can chat about it via email. Uh, I don't want to offend anybody. I'm doing this to entertain, but I appreciate it's an emotive subject. Uh, yeah, I've not set the email up yet, but I'm hoping by the time this comes out, I will have managed to do it. I've not actually set up my email address since about 2001. I've still got a Yahoo one. And I'm not very confident with it. With it but I'll, I'll get someone else to do it if I'm really struggling. But I'll, I just want to say thanks for listening. And yes, it's confusing. Yes, I've probably confused you even further. But when you keep things, uh, when you look at the wider picture, you get a better idea of what is right and what is wrong. You can't see the, the wood for the trees. I think this is an expression a lot of people use. And this concludes this episode of Wikipedia. Take care, stay safe. Yeah, and as a caveat, this is me in the future now. I have actually set up that email address. It's Wikipedia at outlook.com. Yeah, not bad, eh? So all my mates that don't even believe I did that, I did do that. So uh, I'm, I'm getting better. Um, you've got to try, aren't you? I, I do appreciate the left-wing bias as well. I've tried to be objective, but I know it's framed in a, in a, in a left-wing kind of way that might annoy people if you are a right winger please get in touch because you've listened to this right to the end and totally big respects because 
it might not be something that you want to hear. So it's about listening to the side as well and, and building bridges. So yeah, if you are a right winger, just say, yeah, you fucking toss it, fuck off. Yeah, at least I know then that you've, you've managed to listen to it and challenge yourself, which is which is what this is all about. Um, which not, 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 that's not what it's about, actually. It's just about me being really narcissistic, I think, and having a good name for a podcast and just thinking of something to do. But yeah, a contentious topic of late. And it's not, it's always a contentious topic. I'm just rambling shit now. Mickey Pedia, goodbye. <laughs>